Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. My name is Trey Kaufman. The aim of the Mosaic Life Podcast is to explore happiness, what it means to us as individuals, and why so many of us chase it, and yet we never seem to find it. If you find value in this particular episode or any other episode, your support goes a long, long way in helping it to continue growing. You can show your support in a number of different ways, including leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or by clicking the Support the Mosaic Life podcast link in the show notes where you'll be able to make a one-time or recurring donation. If you are able to donate and you donate $5 or more, we'll have the opportunity to hop on a Zoom call together where we can talk about the podcast, talk about happiness and what it means to you, and discuss, of course, how I can continue making this podcast better and providing more value to you as the listener. Donate 10 or more dollars and you will receive a Mosaic Life podcast t-shirt. I have a new round of t-shirts coming out in the next month or so. Every once in a while, I'll have the chance to talk with someone on this podcast who completely shifts my way of thinking. And it's going to become very clear very quickly as you start listening to this conversation why my guest today has had that effect on me. Gary is married to Kanako and is the father of Cohen and Kona. Home wherever he is, Gary was born in Quebec, moved to British Columbia, and has lived in Paris, Tokyo, and Hawaii. He is based out of Vancouver. Gary ran Mahler Industries, a highly regarded CNC manufacturing facility in British Columbia, for more than 20 years before he became alive as a professional coach. He has studied, trained, and been certified in mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is MBSR, with John Kabat-Zinn, the Leadership Circle, Coactive Coaching, and Leadership with the Coaches Training Institute, Advanced Client Systems with Steve Chandler, and graduated with honors from Trinity Western University. Having met Gary through Tiago Burr, it didn't come as much of a surprise as to how Gary showed up for this conversation. He is thoughtful and overwhelmingly at peace during every moment of this conversation, and it's extremely refreshing knowing this is how he lives his life every single day. Please welcome my guest, Gary Mahler. Gary. Hey, hey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? And so well, thank you. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. How has the start to your holiday week been? Oh, still working, so yeah. it's not quite holiday. <laughs> but then again, I'm always on holiday, so not much is different. I love that. I love that. I I, I so relate to that. Um, always on holiday, but at the same time, always working, which I, I can't complain about. I mean, I, to me, there's no better solution. Right. It's like I'm never working, but I'm always living. Yeah. And in the living, the work gets done, but I'm always present to life. So that's kind of how it is. So the kids are off and I've seen some clients this morning. We're doing our little talk, which I'm really looking forward to Me too. getting some bathroom stuff installed. And then it's uh, the afternoon is for the kids. So it's great. That's great. Uh, what uh, do you have any holiday traditions that you um you do with your kids your family 
Yeah, we go to Hawaii, oh, except awesome. not during COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, kind of puts a damper on things. You know, it's unfortunate. I've actually spoken with a couple people who live in Hawaii on this podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, I just the, the the obviously tourism is such a major part of their economy down there. It's just it's it's hurting bad right now, which is awful to hear. It's yeah, definitely. I got a lot of friends over there, and yeah everything is is hurting except the waves because all the hawaiians get all the waves and they love that so they are stoked that i'm not there and a lot of people aren't there (laughs) yeah yeah i i get that i get that are you are you a surfer i surf yeah that's i fool around in the water yeah uh the 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 most the the most extensive i guess water sports i've ever done i've I've boogie board and that's about it i uh i've never had the opportunity to surf it sounds fun it's it's a little bit different than you know bodyboarding but it's yeah it's fun but the best is just body surfing for me a couple of fins and just uh board shorts and in the water me in the water that's great uh most freeing that's great so how's everything going for you uh you know as we discussed uh previously you know this is going to be this will be the first episode to come out in 2021, which seems significant to me. Obviously, we've all had varying experiences in 2020, but I'm just curious what uh, what, what comes up for you in the past year and you know, looking into the future. So the past year, I mean, of course, just the the shift of for me personally, not traveling was huge, but yeah. then getting to be in my city and province was just amazing and then next year what comes up for me is a transition to more of this non-traveling but being present to the my city my home and then into um being deliberate about what my life is like post covid so that's really what's first and foremost you know as I, I'm sure we're going to dig deep into your past and and your history and, and your work now. But I, I'm just to me when I don't know. To me, it always seems like when we when we had the opportunity to talk, just you, you feel very centered to me. And so I, I'm I'm curious. You know, what does a post COVID life for for Gary look like as opposed to what it looked like in 2019? It. On the outside, it's going to look a lot similar. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommence flying down to see my coach at some point, September or October, or if not 2021, beginning of 2022, for 25 sessions every two weeks flying down to Phoenix. So that's going to be similar. Yeah. But it'll be different because the first two years really was a foundational part of my work with my coach what i envision moving forward is something beyond imagine in terms of the scope and power of what i will be creating That's and in this 2021 year um as things come to me i will be putting things together through surrender and allowance into this larger five to ten year um unfolding of my life i like what you said surrender and allowance Mm. where does that i mean where did where that's not something that many people i don't think that's something that's even you know within the vernacular of many people you know just surrendering to 
the world around them or allowing the things around them to just accepting them and, you know, taking every, every punch, every roll, you know, in flow and utilizing it to, you know, the best possible outcome, as opposed to, I think a lot of people react and they push back. And how do you, how do you get to a point where you can even just allow yourself to surrender and allow, you know, your circumstances or the world around you to affect you positively? I create it. It, it's a creation every day. I create who I am and that is part of who I am. So um, a lot of my work in the last two years and basically the only thing that I do read on a regular basis is something called The Way of Mastery. And it is um, three various lessons over three years that I believe there are 10 or 12 lessons in each of them, The Way of the Heart, The Way of knowing and i always forget what the last one is um the way of mastery and it speaks to that and it is um part of who i am no matter what the world offers me i choose creation from surrender acceptance and allowance so that's where it comes from but it has to be created daily because you're right it is our habit and how we're taught that when things aren't right, we have to change them and they got to be changed now. And what I do instead is I see what's occurring. I see how I'm reading what's occurring. I see how my reading of what's occurring affects me. And I basically let everything die down before making a move. So generally all of my moves tend to come from a very powerful place. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, it's so hard to, I don't know. It's for me, the way, and the way you put it into words, it makes sense. I I think I'm still at a place in my life where I, I understand how to respond, how to show up every day, but still articulating it. You know, that's a mission of this podcast is to Mm. learn how to, you know, help others, through my experiences, you know, that's, that's all I can yeah. ask for. I, you know, I have my experiences here is how I've gotten to a place where I am consistently content and fulfilled and mm. at times happy, mm. but putting that into words, that's, that's so still something I struggle with. So I, I appreciate the fact that you were <laughs> able to do so, so well, which obviously, you know, leads, uh, lends credence to your success. Yeah. So previously, you know, when we, when we chat, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about, yeah. um, you know, your life over the last 20 years and, you know, the, everything you've, you've been through it. I would really like to just kind of start where we, where we started, you know, last yeah. time and, and talk about, you know, everything you, you've kind of been through. If you can just, you know, walk me through that, I would, I would appreciate that. Yeah. So, I mean, this whole thing started for me at some point in my life when I was never at home anywhere I was at, I I just was never at home. It could be that we moved a lot when we were young and I just got tired of saying goodbye to friends. But I, I just had this sense of everywhere I was, I was never at home. A yearning for feeling at home somewhere and I just wasn't. Oddly enough, um, the first place I ever felt at home was in Paris. I went to Paris and stayed there for about 10 days. And I met a girl there and she said, if you love Paris, you got to live here. 
And I said, once I finished um, my business degree, I would move to Paris. And I did that for two years when I was young. And I can say that was the first time that I was ever truly alive, just away from everyone and everything and every idea of who I was. And somehow that was a magical time in a magical place. And I basically fell back into not being home when I was called home to implement a thesis on our family business. And I was supposed to be home for six months and six months turned into 16 years of not being at home. Yeah. So that's the foundation. What do you think it was about Paris that made you feel so, so, so alive? I mean, was it, do you think it was location? Do you think it was just being away from what you had come to know? Um, I think really it's because I chose it. Yeah. Up until that point, I had not been choosing. I had been, I was going to say doing what was expected of me, but that would be second. I did what came easy. Yeah. I just took the, the path of least resistance and I did what was easy. Paris was not easy to save the money to live in a city for two years and back then I needed to have a, a student visa. Right. I needed to find a place to live. Um, it was not easy, but when I got there, I think the fact that I chose it and I could be free to be who I was and meet people that really accepted me for who I was. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's a vibrant, beautiful, romantic city. And I just met fantastic people from all over the world. And um, I was lucky enough to have a roommate who was from Paris. I had met four years earlier and we shared a, a, an apartment. And I just, you know, just took off. I just flourished. That's amazing. When you talk about flourishing and you talk about being in another country altogether, I mean, is this... I can't imagine that was something you'd ever expected of your life. I mean, what, what was flourishing like being on the other side of, of the world? I mean, what, what was it that you, what was it within yourself that you were able to unleash to allow you to get to that point where you just, you felt like, and I know I may be putting words in your mouth, but felt like nothing could, could hold you back. Oh, um, that never even came into my thought process. It, it, it's, you know, when animals are in the wild and they just, you can just see that they're doing their thing. It was yes. kind of like that. When, when I was there, it was just, I was free to be free to act free to do what I wanted, see who I wanted. Um, and I'm not really sure what was constricting back home here. I do know when I was younger, I lived, I, I was born and grew up in, Montreal, which is a very metropolitan, very in, international city. And we did move to Vancouver, but in the very far outskirts of Vancouver and moving to basically a farm town that really kind of affected me and some of the choices that I had made in terms of earning money to pay for my university work. You know, my dad and I started a machine shop and I worked on a machine. There's nothing wrong with it, but I'm not, that's not really my jam. It's not right. what I love. But like I said, I took 
the path of least resistance. Heading into Paris, man, I met um, the son of one of the high-ranking officials in Italy, and we just hung out on the Champs-Élysées. Um, he took me under his wing, and we met girls. We went to parties. Um, I met an artist from Venezuela, spent some time in Geneva with him, mixing paints, learning how to paint. It's these type of things. I, I traveled extensively in Europe. I have family in the Black Forest, so I went to see them. And my uncle had a factory, so I worked there, earned money, never had to think about money. Um, found a job that I worked under the table. It's many years ago now, no one cares, but it was amazing, made killer money. That's great. Um, it, it's all these things, and I never worried once about anything. So that was the real part. All of those things put together, I was just free to live life. I like I like that you say that you never worried about anything because I, you know, I don't know. I, I've I've been on this planet for thirty five years. And nowadays, and maybe it was like this, you know, 25, 30 years ago, you know, we have so many inputs in our lives and we always have something to worry about, it seems. And I'm, I'm sure it's not drastically different from, you know, prior to, to my conception, but it always seems like we have something to worry about. And it can be, it can be exceptionally difficult to get to a point where we're able to compartmentalize different aspects of our lives so we can be present when we're, when we're traveling, for example, I mean, how, now that you're, you are, you're, you're back in Canada, how, how do you do that now? Is it just, it's, is it, has it been all, you know, training and, you know, strengthening of mind? I mean, what, what kind of practice do you do day in and day out so you can show up like that? I was tired of suffering. Yeah. I was tired of compartmentalizing. I was tired of being one way when things were good and being another when things were bad. Sure. Um, I was just tired of living that way in fear. So, I mean, it's, you know, my journey really starts 20 years ago in year 2000 when I went to Japan on a business trip and I went to this place in Nara, Japan, and I went into this temple called the Todaiji. It's the largest wooden structure in the world. And inside is a Buddha. And I wasn't into Buddhas. But when I went in, immediately upon crossing the threshold, I went from a humidity outside. It was hot. It was summertime and humid into the coolness of this beautiful wooden structure with beautiful flow of air. And I see this Buddha. And the first thing I say is, I want that. I just wanted that. I just wanted that peace and something stirred inside and somebody heard that. Yeah. And some of the little things that I did is um, I got some books on meditation and on Buddhism and I was about the worst student ever. And, you know, there, there, I tried doing some breathing and counting to 10 and backwards and lost it, yeah. lost my place. And something just occurred that slowly, little by little, in my declaration that I wanted peace, uh, peace came to me over time. And all I did was follow the little yearnings of my heart, desire, little desire, little desire. 
And it led me to this place I am now, and it continues to lead me moving forward. So in the end, I don't really have much to worry about. I trust in something greater than myself, and I've got to trust that if I'm connected to that, and it doesn't matter if you call it God, source, spirit, anything, I just believe in something beyond myself, that if I surrender to that, there's a knowing that is powerful within me to know what it is that I want. And it is not driven of ego. It is driven of something greater. And it stems from that desire for peace. So I want peace. I desire peace. I desire being at home. So I create this daily within myself. Then in every interaction that I'm in, create or have things ping back at me, I'm able to look at it from the eyes of what do I want, not from the eyes of fear or feeling um, disheveled, you could say. So it's from that place that I come daily. And I, this is, I, I, I create who I am daily. So I am infinite stillness, born of ease and flow. I'm pure connection to the all-powerful, and I create what I want. I'm generous and warm-hearted. I am powerful. I live a life of freedom. I am patience. I am love coming from love. I am forgiveness and understanding, especially with myself. I am goodness. I am free because I am free. I serve love and acknowledge, and no one is worthy of my judgment, cynicism self-righteousness or anger everyone is worthy of my love i am dedicated to union because i create my world in this way i take empowered action and i am fearless bold and courageous no matter what happens outside of me or inside of me i remain unscathed and worry free nothing moves me or shakes me even when i'm moved or shaken i am filled with joy and i delight in all of life It ain't nothing until I call it. I create this daily. I create this in the middle of the night. If I wake up, I create this. And it's not just words I say to pray to God that I'll be this. This is who I am. This is largely what comes from two years of working with my coach so that there's not some veneer that we're creating on top of me. No, this is who I am. You know, the last couple of minutes here has has been some some of the most clear thought that I've ever had the opportunity to to I guess listen to or you know engage in on this podcast or even in 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 my life. Um, so first of all, I thank you for that. I, I truly appreciate you, and I appreciate the value you bring to those in your world. And you know, it it comes as no surprise to me now that we've spent a little bit of time together that I met you through Tiago Burr. And through, and I guess subsequently through uh, Ernie Welsh, who you know was a, a previous um, host on this on this podcast, two of the most thoughtful individuals and human beings I've ever had the opportunity to, to mm. engage with, and you know just the fact that there's a common thread, you know, amongst the three of you, it's just it's just not surprising. Uh, you you all understand life in a way that many many people don't, and. I guess to me, sharing 
that message or sharing the wealth for mm. lack of a much better way of putting it is it, it's so exceptionally important. So mm. all, all three of you guys, it's just, it's, and I, I'm sure you're doing this, you know, with, with your clients and your coaches are helping you with it day in and day out. And it, it's, it's mesmerizing to me. So I, I really appreciate that. Well, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. So let's, um, I, I want to talk more about happiness. Obviously that's, mm. a, that's a, it's a big, it's a, a big theme of this podcast. You and I had had a conversation previously about it. Um, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's, let's start with a baseline. And I'm, I'm just curious because I, I guess I want to ask the, the somewhat dangerous question of you, you know, what is, what is happiness to you? I don't often ask that question, but I think when people have, you know, a firm grasp on what it means to them, they can articulate it well. And I'm, I'm just curious, you know, how, how that's something that you can really describe within your own life. Um, what came to me are two things when you spoke. The first one is I am happiness. And in the freedom of allowing myself to be exactly how I am and allowing the world, allowing people in my world to be exactly how, who they are without pushing um, is a huge part of my happiness. Yeah. It, it's really in 2020 has been the, this part of, what I shared with you earlier and who I am has been huge. Yeah. I also have another document. It's a future vision document. And I wrote mine for January 1st, 2022. And in it, so I'm pretending it's January 1st, 2022, like a year from this coming. Right. Who I am creates my world. In 2021, I created my wildest dreams. I am powerful and deliberate. I change the world. I see everyone with the eyes of love. I see beyond what my opinions and preferences have taught me to see. I exude truth, love, and a deep sense of the eternal. I am a powerful, loving, compassionate man. I love that. Right? I love that. I continue to do my work within my heart to dissolve the lies of judgment, anger, and cynicism. So there's this thing that I believe, I believe so many people are unhappy because of the divisions within themselves in their feeling of not enough or their feeling if they are harder on themselves and maybe they don't even think it, they've just been taught it. Right. But they just think they're bad. And in that, it's very difficult to come from a place of love with someone else if you're feeling and being horrible to yourself. So I think my happiness comes in from a happiness of loving every part of myself, loving the sadness out of myself. And in that, my happiness comes from, even in situations that are difficult, instead of getting angry, I come from a different place and I serve, I love, and I acknowledge. I see beyond what people see. Yeah. And this stuff can't be made up. If you say stuff to get stuff, people know you're a phony and a liar. Yeah. 
the real work that I'm talking about has to come from a forgiveness of judging myself on a daily basis because I'm a human being and I mess up all the time. Right. And in that forgiveness of myself, I can be that forgiveness of others and I can be with people in a way that they feel the heart and then love given, love expressed always comes back 10 times. That's great. That's great. Um, it reminds me of a, I guess you can call it a saying. Uh, stoicism is an exceptionally important part of my life, and I've been mm. studying it for a few years now. Uh, Amor fati fati. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, but uh, you know, mm. the uh, not not to, to your point. When you have negativity in your life, or something bad happens, we can rebel against it. We can get angry, or we can thank God, thank the universe, or thank you know, whatever deity you want to, for giving you the opportunity to expand, to to grow, to learn from the situation we're in. Because when we get through it, and we, and we will get through it, we're better off for it. And we know how to traverse those waters from this point forward. And subsequently, we can help others do the same in the future. And it's, I, I think it's a, it's a big turning point when we start to see failure and start to see negativity, sadness, in a way that we can remove the judgment from it and we can use it to our benefit. Uh, I'll tell you something that's even more crazy and it comes from the way of mastery. Uh, all events are neutral. Yeah. People don't buy that. Events are not neutral. COVID is not neutral. People are dying. Right. And all events are neutral. Our thinking of the events are not neutral. Those that thinking creates energy that goes through the body. And the more that I rail against something or someone, this is what you see all over the place, people against this person, that person, sure. their anger is so great. I love my anger. I love, I love all of my creations, even the not so flattering ones when I do get angry. I love every part of my humanity. And with that, I have compassion to myself. And the end result is every day I wake up happy. And I think I told you most of my life, I woke up sad. Right. And I got a strong belief. It was me believing some lies about me that just made me unworthy and always afraid. Afraid that people would find out how much I hated myself. Afraid of if they really knew who I am, I would have no one, including my wife. It's gone. Gone. And in the daily creation of who I am, I just live. I don't think too much. I just live. I'm alive. That's the other part of my happiness. I'm just so alive. How do you work with people in that, and that to develop that mindset, uh, you know, obviously to your south is a country massively divided and one that is struggling to keep it together, both in terms of leadership and response to this pandemic. And every day, so many of us wake up with hate filled hearts wanting the other 
side of, of the aisle or whatever just to to suffer and to you know admit they were wrong you know when you when you have somebody like that or i mean just when you have anybody in general how 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 do you coach that mindset into somebody to to show them that every you know piece of themselves every emotion you know this is it's it's something that you need to love about yourself and allow it to you know it may I, I, I don't know how to word this, you know, how, so it doesn't exude negativity, but you can take it and you can utilize it so you can create positivity within the world. So the people that I would work with are already broken open or in the process of being broken open where I wouldn't have to say anything. Right. To all the others that are hate-filled, um, I love them exactly how they are. Yeah. That, that's my only job. I, I allow them to have their um, opinions and I, I don't need to hash over this side, that side. It, it's all irrelevant. I choose to not participate. But the people who come to me, they're at a place where I was in year 2000 when I was ready to see the Buddha and say, I want that. Um, pretty much anyone who works with me, yeah. they're already at a place that they want what they see that I have. And how I am with them allows them to sense a possibility of what is um, possible. I like that. I, um, I'm actually writing it down. Sense a possibility mm. of what is possible. And I, I think that answers a question for me that I've had for, for some time. I, I had... I, I call it, I call it a spiritual awakening. I, I had it you know, mm. a handful of years ago and yeah, you can call it whatever you want. I still, I still struggle with what that may or may not imply, but that's, you know, that's within myself. But, you know, a few years ago, I, I went from a person who was angry, who was obsessed with being right, with wanting nothing more than to dull my, my feelings, my emotions through alcohol and through just, you know, having fun and not putting in the work into myself. And so coming from that and being at the point where I am now, I, I, I try, and I, you know, this, this podcast is a major part of that. I try to show that people can have this. It's, this isn't something that's, that's unique. And I, I, I will say that it's special. It is special because it is something that means a great deal to me. But at the same time, I struggle to tell people this is how you need to be this, what you need to do, because I don't think that's the right methodology. But when you say you can, people sense the possibility and they, they see the, the, the insight and the emotional intelligence and well-being that you have, I think that's a great way of putting it. Um, I can't tell my clients anything. I can listen. Yeah. And I can be that one place that accepts them fully as they are. And with permission, I can tell them possible truths. And I can do it in such a way that I have zero attachment to the outcome. And if they're not ready to hear it, yes. I'm totally fine to put that aside. Yeah. And this is the power of coaching that I've experienced in three years with Steve Chandler, two years with Steve Hardison. I've got another year and a half more when COVID is ending with with artisan that I paid for. The beauty of coaching is this, is that it's a place that I can come in and be loved by my coach unconditionally. 
share things that would be difficult to share with someone else and they're nonplussed about it and all they will do is tell some truth, ask some questions. Yeah. And in the speaking, something shifts within me. Then in the period of time between sessions, they don't need to do much work. They just start living what we have spoken. Shifts change. So basically you asked when I work with people, a big part of my work is I, I see people generally not more than twice a month and generally not more than an hour per session. On my larger engagements, it'll be an hour and a half or two hours and we might see each other more. And we do see each other in person. But the key point of my work with people is in that hour, we will make sure that they're not the same at the end of the hour. That's in the work that I do. Two weeks later, when I see them, I'm always surprised because I never encounter the same person. They're always shifting. It's kind of like when I fly down to see my coach and I come back. And after a couple of days, my wife's like, man, you're again, you're not the same person. You're that little bit less selfish. You're that little bit less of a dick. You're just. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was having a, a conversation with um, somebody a week or two ago. We were sitting down, and he—I'm fortunate in that I can say this—he's—he's he's a fan of the podcast, and you know, we were just talking about happiness and, and well-being. And I said something that he questioned. I said, "You know, part of my happiness is not doing things that I, I don't want to do." And he, he pushed me on that a little bit. And I, you know, I, I struggled to think of you know what some of those things are because it has been a long time since I've kind of removed, I, I don't want to call that negativity because, I, you know, there are things we have to do that not necessarily negative, you know, they're neutral, as you might say. But uh, I, I guess my question for you is, you know, how, how much of our well-being is not just adding positivity, or at least in, in your own life, but also removing the negativity? Because I, I think, it, it, to me, it's been a combination of the two. Um, I love what you said, because I think I may have told you, I don't recall, like where I had a client session and we came up with something and it's kind of a credo I live by and it's hard to hear for a lot of people. Um, I don't do what I don't want to do, even if it gets me what I want. I only do what I want to do and it always gets me what I want. You can switch it around. I don't, you sure. know participate in things I don't want to do, I, whatever it is. Yeah. And of course, there are things that we, you know, that we're, um, that's compulsory. We do, we have to do taxes. If we don't, we get into trouble. Right. So, I mean, we don't really have to do taxes if we want to pay fines or go to jail or do whatever. Sure. Um, we need to wear a seatbelt or else we do this. Now with COVID where I live, if you don't wear a mask in a, in an enclosed place like a supermarket, you can get fined. Right. If you do, you know, so you got to do these things and you, you don't have to, but you're going to pay some consequences. So for me, I only do what I want to do. And anything that is a bit difficult for me to do, I do it with an internal yes that is so powerful. And the key point in anything I do, I get to choose how I do anything I do. Yeah. This is the key point. I get to choose how I do anything I do. And I always choose 
a surrender to what's occurring. And I just, man, I, I don't know. There's not a lot that snags me. Yeah. Yes. So, man, it's like right now I ain't traveling. I, the last time I traveled was March 11th. Yeah. I should have been on a plane at least every two weeks. I should have been in Japan for a month plus. I should have been in Hawaii with, uh, with clients for two weeks. Had a engagement for three days in Okinawa we had to cancel. Man, I could be upset about all that stuff. It's raining. Today it's been raining nonstop from when I got up and it's raining hard. It's great. It's horrible. I'm having the best day ever. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, that brings up a couple of things for me. You know, when you talk about taxes and not wanting to do them, who, who does, but at the same time, I, 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 I am very much on board with what you said at the same time. I, I just pay somebody to do my taxes. I pay somebody do this because I don't enjoy doing it. I'm not good at doing it for mm -hmm. one thing, do this for me. And that relieves mm -hmm. That negativity, that that angst, that anxiety, that stress, and that's that's important. That's important for me because you know there are things that, mm. like you said, they're compulsory. You have to do, but you can. There are. That's why there are people out there who you network with, you build relationship relationships yeah. with. So the things that have to get done, you can you know delegate to people who enjoy doing that. Um, I was going to say something else. Now I can't remember what I was going to say, but that, yeah, I, I, uh, oh, in regard to, to the weather, um, I'm with you. I am 100% with you. That is something that is so far outside of our control. The only, the only rational choice is to cherish, you know, whatever the result is. It's not like it's a surprise that, oh, you know, today is the shortest day of the year. That means it's, it's going to be cold. You know, it's, it, that's just what, how, how winter works. And so when people, and I used to be this person, when somebody would get upset because the weather didn't cooperate mm -hmm. with their plans, I just, I've, I felt so at odds with myself. And, and now I, 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 like you can see the beauty in it. it, it it's such a better feeling. And like right now, December 21st, we would be in Hawaii. We'd be renting a house. My yes. whole family would be there. I'd fly my family. My brother would fly his. My parents would fly over. It's the best feeling ever. We were just looking on our iPhones two years ago right now, Christmas in Hawaii. Just so great. So what? Yeah. Christmas here ain't bad either. Right. Yeah. That's. And when I say not bad, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> So, Gary, what is, uh, I don't know, what is your day? I mean, when, as you, you do this work every single day, you talk about waking up in the middle of the night and you're, you're doing the work during that short period, you know, what does, you know, to me, a lot of, you know, where I've come from and how I've gotten here is establishing, you know, strong, a strong foundation of, of, of positive habits for myself. I mean, what does that look like mm -hmm. for you? Is that something you talk ab about uh, meditation and, you know, exploring that? I mean, is, what is your, do you, do you have habits that create that oh, sense of, of uh, uh, happiness within you every day? Well, I'm going to say I used to up until I met my coach. So yeah. he kind of ruined all that for me. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say something sacrilegious. I, I don't have any habits around well-being. That's okay. That's all right. Um, I, when I create myself in the middle of the night, if I take a leak in the middle of the night, 
I just know I am infinite stillness, born of ease and flow. I am pure connection to the all-powerful, and I create what I want. And I crawl back into bed, and I fall asleep until I wake. And when I wake, I don't know what will occur. Yeah. All I know is I used to wake up sad, but I don't. All I know is I'll have some water, and I will make myself a latte. Yeah. It's a habit I got when I lived in Europe, and I make the best latte. And I sit in the stillness. I either sit in stillness, read the way of mastery, listen to the way of mastery, read the New York Times, read the Washington Post, whatever occurs to me. And in that quiet time, then as I'm reading and things become apparent, things come out of me and I send things to people, communicate to people, reply to people. But in that period of however time, whether it's one or two or three hours before my family wakes, I'm creating who I am. And it's just a place of stillness and I don't know what occurs. All I know is I love a quiet home when everyone is sleeping and I look out into the city and see lights start to appear and I love it. It's amazing. And then, and then from there, like I, I know at the beginning of the week, I look at my calendar, who I will be seeing, which clients I will be meeting. And I start being with them in my mind and heart. And then today when I woke up, it's like I knew I would be with you. So I spent some time with you before it happens. What comes up? I'm not thinking what I'm going to say. I'm just like, oh, I get to do this. This is amazing. There were clients that I saw. I got to think about them, think about we, what we last spoke of, and then forget about it and see what comes up. Later today, I've got people coming to do some finishing off of some reno work in my bathroom. And I love these guys. I can't wait to see them. After that, I don't know what's going to happen. My wife might want to go to like, take a look at some Christmas lights. She's making some Osaka-style okonomiyaki. My wife is Japanese, so my kids are super stoked about that. Beyond that, man, we're going to give them a bath. We're going to read. We're going to play. And then tomorrow, I've got another full day of clients. So tonight before bed, I'll think about them. Then tomorrow, who knows what the day will be like. But throughout the day... I'm creating myself all of the time, all of the time. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I, I like, I really, I really do like how you put that, especially, I mean, I guess specifically in regards to the podcast, I, you're, you're, you're thinking about our time together, you know, leading up to it. And, you know, as was I, and mm -hmm. I, I don't generally, you know, this is pulling back the curtain a little bit. I don't generally do an insane amount of prep work ahead of time. I like to see where conversations go and that so is, fun. it is fun. It is, it is really exciting. There's still a tinge of anxiety that comes with that though, because to me, as I continue growing as a podcaster, my, you know, one of my greatest fears is saying something that just lands on deaf ears or just, you know, lands in silence. And so it's, it's, it's exhilarating, but it's also terrifying at the same time. So the way you said that, just thinking about whatever we can create together, uh, that's an exercise that I, I want to do moving forward into the future, because that's, that's very powerful. And it opens up my mind to, you know, what, what the potential, uh, what, what potential beauty is, is there within it. I, I love how you put that. Um, the potential of what is unknown. 
I don't know. I don't know. And I love that I don't know. Yeah. Right? I am forever at play. I live in the mystery I create from the unknown. I just don't know. And I'm not afraid of it. It is from this place. It's like whatever shows up. It's, I'll see what happens. I'll see how it hits me. I'll see. And then sometimes it's like, oh my God, that really shook me. Yeah. And, you know, if we do this work on a regular basis, we'd say, oh man, I thought stuff like that wouldn't bother me. And I don't have any illusions. I'll be learning and hitting, pinging parts of myself that I didn't know were sensitive. And all I'm going to say, wow, that, that's so great. I get to look at that. I get to see where the anger was hiding. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. Look at you. Yeah. You get to. That's, that is, I get to. you get to. You get the opportunity to experience these things. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a, a very important language distinction there. You get to as opposed to you have to. When we allow ourselves the opportunity to learn and to grow by putting ourselves in, in hard and difficult situations or experiences or things that just force us to grow, it's, 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 it's amazing. I'll even simplify it more. And a lot of people think like that. I just, man, I just, I, I just have a desire, create an intent around that desire. And I live and I don't really worry too much about hard, not hard. Yeah. To me, it's like helpful or not. To me, hard, not hard, this and that. Oh, I got to lose five pounds. It's going to be a hard five pounds. You know what? It's five pounds. It's not right. hard or easy. It's just like for a month, I'm going to just not do this. I'll do this, get some help to do that. That's it. Yeah. It's like, man, it's, it's like when I took my son to see Steve Hardison, he was going to go to kindergarten right my son was just the most rambunctious little boy and then I brought him to Steve and then Steve comes and he's on the floor with him and he's like hey Colin what's going on and they're just talking after 15 minutes he goes okay Colin go with my wife Amy um yeah well, I said wow that was quick he goes yeah he doesn't have a problem you have the problem so okay cool What's really funny, so that's a part of the story, but the real part of the story is when in the 15 minutes he asked about Cohen's sister, my daughter Kona. Yeah. And Kona said, Oh, she's shy, really, really shy. And he, my coach said, I, I want to talk to you about that. And we spent 15 minutes talking around my daughter and how I was going to love that shyness out of her. And he shared about his grandson, who was roughly around the same age, and how his wife Amy was loving the shyness out of him. Um, two years later, my daughter is not shy. When everyone else would say, oh, she's so shy, I'd say, some might say that, yeah. but she's observant. She's my little watcher that sees things. And I just love that shyness out of her. And that came from 15 minutes with my coach in a changed behavior within me to not make shyness a problem. So it's not a problem. And she knows she's observant. She knows she's not like her brother, but man, she ain't shy anymore. I love, I love that she's observant, and I, I like, I like that word. Um, you know, I, I too used to be shy when I was a kid, and, and you know, to this day, I'm. I, I guess I, I guess to 
to, I guess, take that word observant. And one of the things that I like to, I just like to be careful with what I say. There, there's a, there's a saying, you know, um, I don't speak until I know what I want to say isn't better left unsaid. Uh, Beautiful. that's, that's wow. become important to me. Wow. So powerful. Yeah. It, um, I, I, just, I think so many of us, we, we're so quick to speak and to not put thought or intention, not just behind the words, but, you know, behind how it could potentially make others feel. And to, if you, if you want to pull, you know, a piece of Buddhist philosophy, I, I, I'd rather alleviate the suffering of others than, than add to it. And that's, that's been a good practice for me. I, I love the use of silence. I, I love that so many times we use our words as a weapon to yeah. soothe. So the anger soothes something inside. And I love the idea of remaining silent. This is where my whole thing of, I love serve and acknowledge. So do I really, if I'm really honest, think everyone is all that? Man, no, you know what, though? I can see past the shyness. I can see past the anger. I can see past the racism. Yeah. I tell you, if the left and right wing of your country would see past all of the nonsense and see a human being in front of them, that's all that I do. I see a human being in front of me. And I have compassion for that human being because they're just like me. Yeah. You know, that that really struck right there when you said your country. It's, I don't, I, I have, I, I probably have more of an opportunity than most people to speak with people outside of the U.S. through this podcast. But that's the first time I've actually had a conversation where somebody said your country. And, uh, you know, part of it brings up a little bit of shame, which I, I think can can be reworked, but I it also, it's, it brings up a desire to, to do better. Um, and that, you know, starting with, with me and with what I'm capable of. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's it just observation, but, uh, it was a stark reminder. Yeah. And to me, my country ain't any better than yours. We have our own issues. So it's just, yours are very pronounced and being, you know, on the stage in the front, forefront of this world people see what's going on they see everything and people have strong opinions i don't i just call it basically like i see it and i could tell you a ton of stuff about my city yeah. about my country about the world and basically i choose to not be divisive about it but i'm also not going to be pollyannish about what's what yeah. but in terms of being embarrassed for it. There's nothing to be embarrassed. All you, all I do is I be me. I can't be anything other than that. And I don't got any illusions about what difference I'm going to make with a megaphone. You know what ma matters way more? How I treat myself, how I treat my wife, how I treat my kids, how I treat the barista at Starbucks or some other coffee shop, how I am when things don't go my way, how I treat people. That butterfly effect has more than anything you could imagine. Absolutely. That's what I work with my clients on. We work on that. Their goals, yeah, they get done, but so what? Yeah. We die at some point. You know what matters? The relationship we have with ourselves, our family, the people who are close in our lives, and really what we're doing for the world. 
It's a very, very good reminder. We, we all die at some point. And I know that's not the first time I've talked about this on the podcast, but I mean, it is it is so important. And it's not to be grim. It's the truth. It is simple truth. And we can either choose to live every single day or we can just, you know, die inside now and wait for our time to run out. So I appreciate you and I appreciate the positivity you bring to yourself and your family and those around you. Well, thank you. I, I just, for me, it's being alive. I've been dead and numb for so many years, except yeah. for that stint in, in Paris. And then a couple of years I lived in Tokyo and now just everything is alive. And then part of my messaging, I don't really have messaging as a coach, but I mean, restart, at GaryMahler.com. So restart's a big one. And then be slash come alive, be alive, come alive, become alive is a hallmark to the work that I do because so many people are numb. And if I can really create an aliveness in my clients, which is infectious to the aliveness within their family, their businesses, and then they become part of this movement man that's 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 like my three centimeters or a couple of inches of the universe right there that's why i was put here that's why i never worry about business business comes yeah my business is growing everything comes and i don't have to do much other than be gary and get paid for being gary (laughs) That's incredible. I can't think of a better way to, to, to start to bring this to a close. That's, that's absolutely poignant. It's, 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 it's perfect. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to ask you this, this question because I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm curious how you answer it. So I'll just ask it. Um, you know, mm. if, if there's somebody in the world who hears this and resonates deeply with it, I always like to ask, you know, if there's a resource that could help you continue to grow, what would that be? And what, if, you know, if there's somebody out there who could, could provide that resource, you know, what, 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 what does that look like? Man, I, it would really depend on the individual and where they're at. Yeah. I, I don't have one because the one that might be resonant with me right. might not resonate with others, but there are some that might, depending if they, you know, if you put these in the notes, the way of mastery. Yeah. Um, there's a link that I'll send you that goes to a website where each of the lessons is there. You can read it, the guy speaks it, and you can be with it. Nothing has impacted my life more than that. Uh, another one are the two works by Mickey Singer. Um, the surrender experiment and then his other work which is i forget what it's called but if you look mickey singer you can put those two on there okay um there's a book by dick and bettinger which has been just phenomenal i spent four days with him down in laconer washington and i think it's called coming home or coming back home but i'll send you that um Another one that comes to mind regarding relationships, the relationship handbook by George Kransky is, is a godsend. 
So those are some, and I, I've given a wide spectrum of stuff yeah. that just came to me. Absolutely. And then, of, and then of course, any of the books of like the 49 that Steve Chandler has done, which are just beautiful books that you can pick up and they're short stories, which are powerful. And there is one coming up that it's not published yet, but it will be soon. And it's by a doc, it's a client of mine who's a doctor, gestalt therapist, and the working title is uh, Letting Things Fall Together. So when this comes out, I'll give you the information. We can Perfect. add that. But I know this book that she has created um, encapsules the work that she did with me in the early 2000s, which was foundational to who I am now. And there will be tools in that and stories that will be helpful. So Dr. B. McKay, and if anyone has some issues that you don't want to take forever to deal with, I send clients to Dr. B. McKay. Uh, B in balance, I believe is her website. Um, there's a blog post. There are so many things that touch on the issues that we spoke of. So actually for not having anything, I gave you a lot. No, that's perfect. I, I, I truly appreciate that. And let's um let's let's tack on one more there. You know, I yeah. a big thing. I love I obviously love books, and so I'm going to take all of your recommendations to heart. You know, but I always like to ask my guests. You know, if they could name one life changing book that has just completely impacted their lives. Uh, you know, what oh, that book would yeah, be? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. John Cabot Zinn. Wherever you go, there you are. I love that name. It that, sounds like something you would come up that, with. Oh my God. John Kabat-Zinn. I met him and I studied with him and 150 other practitioners in uh, mindfulness based stress reduction. That book I carried with me everywhere in Tokyo and every chance that I had a couple of hours between clients, I would read this book. I must've read that book a hundred times. That's amazing. And, and the simplicity of how to be with oneself, because wherever you go, there you are. And then there's short parts on how to meditation, how to meditate and um, following the breath. And it's so simple and it really became and is a part of how I breathe and how I am in the world came from that book. So out of everything, it all started with that. That's wherever you go, there you are. I'm going to pick that up. I, I really appreciate uh, Awesome. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, Gary, I don't know where this hour has gone, but uh, it's it was oh. truly a pleasure talking with you, uh, as always, by the way. Um, yeah. How can people find you? you? You mentioned your websites. Are you on social? What's the best way for people to connect? Uh, the best way is that if you search Gary Mahler um, on Facebook, everyone really reaches out on Messenger more and more. That's the the go to place. It's a, I've got a picture right now of me and my daughter, and once that goes, it'll be me and my son sitting down. You'll just see the surfer type of guy in some van high tops or something is the picture. Um, the other way is if you email me at restart at garymoller dot com. Uh, those are the best ways, and people seem to find me just fine with those two. Wonderful. Gary, I'm so thankful to I'm, I'm thankful to for, I'm thankful to to Tiago for having introduced us. I'm thankful He's the for you. He is. He absolutely I, is. Tiago, Ernie, you, and through 
uh, Tiago, I got to meet you and participate in something that I was really looking for. And I just got to acknowledge you for taking the time to put these messages of hope when there's very little out there to people and allowing powerful people. And I've seen the people you bring on. I mean, I'm just some guy in Vancouver, a surfer dude. You bring on heavy hitters and you are changing the world. So thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed getting to know you, spend some time when we did last time and on this podcast. So please continue this very important and powerful work within the podcast and within yourself, because it's a delight to spend time with you. I, that, that means the world to me. Um, I, I certainly will. And I, I fully expect us to continue our conversations and seeing how we can continue changing the world together. So thank you for, for that, awesome. for everything. You're welcome. Awesome, Gary. Take care. Thank you. Take care. One more time, I would like to extend a huge thank you to Gary for joining me on the podcast and for the work he does helping others live their best lives every single day. If you're interested in learning more about Gary, I highly encourage you follow him on social media, reach out to him, check out his website. All of that information is in the show notes or at themosaiclifepodcast.com. And as always, thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope each and every one of you had a wonderful end to 2020. I think it was a welcome end and a great start to 2021. Remember, just because it's a new year doesn't mean things will automatically change. You have to do the work now to reap the benefits later. If you would like to learn more about the Mosaic Life Podcast, please visit themosaiclifepodcast.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Trey Kaufman. You can find the Mosaic Life Podcast on Facebook. And if you would like to show your support, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or click the Support the Mosaic Life Podcast link in the show notes. Thank you all again. And until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.